0: guys welcome back i'm katie
1: and i'm brie and you're listening to views podcast
0: views is a podcast where we speak on random topics with a queer twist so glad you guys are back for another episode shout out to our listeners from all over europe canada south america asia australia and new zealand Mm -hmm. you guys are great Uh, (laughs) we didn't know that everyone from all over the world would be listening so we, we appreciate you guys last week we decided to start introducing ourselves so you guys can get to know us a little better so here we go
1: yeah also though it's funny that you the way we said that because um, it makes us sound like we have hundreds of thousands of listeners no we really we have don't. like 10 but no but we got so excited that about everyone. <laughs> I think some random people in these random places around the world stumbled upon our podcast mm-hmm. And now we're viral. I think kidding.
0: it was because of
1: our um, highest rated
0: episode number two, on Anxiety. Yeah. And I guess, you know, Somehow, everyone in the world can. Kinda... Everyone has anxiety. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so maybe true. they kind of were like, hey, yeah, well, I like those,
1: <laughs> those people. Yeah. Well, anyway, start off with intros. Um, like I said before, I'm Bree. Um, I am a cis white woman. I am a queer woman. Um, I am agnostic, so there's something out there, but I don't know what it is. Um, my zodiac signs, I don't know why I can never remember. No, okay. My sun sign, I'm a Taurus, uh, Leo moon, and Gemini rising. Look at you go. Maybe that's, I, anytime, the stereotype with Gemini that I know is that Geminis are crazy, so I want to know what Gemini rising means Uh and how that attributes to my craziness.
0: And if you guys don't write in, then uh, I guess we'll look it up and we might even do a full on episode, episode about on our <laughs> entire Zodiac makeup. That'll probably get
1: entertaining and a little personal. I'll probably feel a little attacked, but same. <laughs> I digress.
0: Leo's definitely have a reputation. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Is that Anyone? for your intros? Yeah, that's it. Who are you? Um, I am Katie, um, but I really would like to say my name is an unknown at this point because, um, I don't really feel like a Katie, at least not today, um, my pronouns and identifiers would be, um, she, he, they, but I'm pretty fluid, and those might end up changing, um, just like, you know, my personality every day, (laughs) (laughs) anyways, I'm non-binary, genderqueer, um, I am AFAB, um, I'm also agnostic, me and Bree have that in common, um, (laughs) Leo, Sun, Libra, Moon, Virgo, Rising, um, yeah, I don't know very many Libras that are not what you'd call, I guess, stable, <laughs> <So> <laughs> and I unstable? don't really, um, no, I mean, I'm the Leo, obviously, uh, but I, anyways,
1: uh, I would Virgo, I we're all a little unstable in yeah,
0: here, yeah, <laughs> I agree, I agree, all this emotionally, um, but <laughs> I don't know any Virgos at all, so, we're definitely just going to have to dive into an episode of, like, full-on. Figure on. out what that means. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm mass-presenting. Um, I'm pretty androgynous. And I am new to the blogging world. I, I created a new blog a few days ago, so excited about that. And today, um, honestly, I'm feeling a little overwhelmed, but I'm rocking
1: a man bun, so... You are rocking a man bun. Oh, yeah, I didn't say how I feel today. If I was a color, I would probably be, like... Mm. like a burgundy slash burnt orange but like not in a great way if that makes sense you know so more on the burnt side yeah yeah not not the best day ever not the worst day ever but i'm just kind of (laughs) here
0: well it is sunday and then tomorrow we have to go back to work and so
1: yeah true but what what are we talking about today What is this podcast? You go for it. Okay. Um, Well, today we'll be talking about um, basically women, non-binary people, queer people, anyone who isn't a cis man. Yeah, pretty um, much. Yeah. Uh Anyone who isn't a cis straight man and we'll kind of talk about those people in the workplace or in male-dominated fields. So, like, for me, I'm going to be speaking as a queer woman in a male-dominated field, specifically sports broadcasting because that's what I do and Katie will be speaking to um so
0: I am obviously like I said before I'm non-binary but obviously I'm female presenting um so I'll be speaking from a queer like a queer twist I guess um to that in a uh, male dominated field as well I work in EMS so uh we kind of have some first person point of views from our fields of yeah. male,
1: male, negotiation. Negotiation. Yeah. <laughs> no, um, but I think to give a little perspective to our listeners on what we do, and I love talking about myself and my job, <laughs> no, I'm just kidding, but I, but I will for the sake of this podcast, um, should we get into some specifics just like tell people what we do? Like Sorry, I'm a little tired. Yeah, let's do it. <laughs> it's a whopping 7pm, folks. This is past our bedtime. But, um, yeah, so I work in sports broadcasting. Right now, my title technically is di- the Director of Video and Broadcast for an athletics program.
0: Yes, it is.
1: <laughs> so, basically what that means is I am in charge of getting our athletic games put onto ESPN. Or and ESPN a Plus. lot of
0: other stuff.
1: And a lot of other stuff. So... I manage my crew my students I do scheduling training hiring um, keeping a lot of people happy a lot of communication for back and forth between the university I work for and like the actual company that Mm -hmm. I work for and she
0: never, ever stops working. We'll be on date nights, and there'll be someone calling her. Or we'll be sleeping in because we finally have a day off <laughs> together, and there'll be people calling her. At 8 a.m. Yeah, and it's um it's pretty annoying because I just want some time with my girlfriend. <laughs>
1: Why would you want that? With me? A Gemini rising? Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, that's what I do now. Um, before now, I was kind of like a producer at another university's athletics program and there I did the ESPN broadcast and I did the content side so a lot Mm -hmm. of creative for a tv show that I was editing and creating every week a weekly sports show for social media Mm -hmm. I was in charge of all that stuff um I helped you yeah yes yes Katie came on me with some shoots and I had no other help because I was one person doing 12 people's jobs.
0: a lot of times. Yes. That you yeah. guys don't have any help. Yeah. They're like, so, just figure
1: it out. That's kind of the world I'm in. That's what I studied in college and graduated, you know, planning to do with my life. And that's what I do. So I guess in that way, I'm very lucky. Not a lot of people can, you know. I mean, a lot of people, but it felt like during COVID graduation, not a lot of people in my class for... and like my college and you know my journalism school got to graduate and go do the job that they studied for so I was one of the lucky ones and I love my job I hate my job on some days but for the most part I love my job it's it's like half part luck but it's
0: a lot also is a lot of it is you having the talent that you have like you know you take a lot of nothing and make it into you know a lot of something so she's very talented now that's not what this podcast is about (laughs) <laughs> okay, well let's move into the let's next one. Let's talk about how talented you are. No. What do you do? Um, so I, I work in the EMS field. Um, I am an EMT. Um, I you know save lives. I do not save <laughs> lives, but um. Uh, at least I haven't technically, I guess,
1: saved a life yet. Indirect. Um, I mean, maybe you haven't like directly brought I guess. someone back to life with CPR, but like <laughs> through the chain of lo- things. You doing what you do saves. People I guess of I am lives. trained
0: too, but yeah. Um, but yeah, we just uh, we transport patients. We go on 911 calls, mm-hmm. um, emergency stuff, all that good jazz. Um, but yeah, we're definitely a male-dominated field. I have slowly seen a lot of lot more like um, those who identify as women in you know management positions, etc and having the authority over you know people and stuff like that and not to mention how many paramedics that I know that you know identify as female so that's that's amazing it's like there used to be like only paramedics were men and like just it slowly has like changed because you know women are freaking great you know what I mean to say the least to say the least yeah we're so smart and all that good stuff. But, yeah. yeah.
1: So, you kind of, like, talked about it there. Like, the makeup of, like, your coworkers and the people you mm-hmm. work with. So, like, on a day-to-day basis, on your team, mm-hmm. where you work every day, what's, like, the makeup look like? How how many men? How many women? Who's um, the boss?
0: The men are in power. And, obviously, the those who are in power of those men are, you know, the paramedics and mm-hmm. all that, the people with, you know, higher degrees and those things to
1: manage. Um, so how many women paramedics do you have?
0: Uh, none at my station, mm-hmm. um, but there, your friend Jordan is a yeah. paramedic, and I know other paramedics, um, that are women, that are Yeah, elsewhere. I know, yeah, but I don't really directly know of a, yeah, Uh, exactly someone identifies as female and you've been working uh near where I work out yeah for for almost
1: a year a
0: year yeah a year a little over a year
1: so which
0: obviously it hasn't been a lot but um I have worked at like three or four different Mm -hmm. places because of how many times I've moved around so um I have come in contact with a lot of EMS personnel
1: yeah so like the hierarchy there it's like EMT paramedics, and then, like, the bosses, management.
0: A lot of management are, you know, trained as mm-hmm, par- Like, everyone has, like, you know, a
1: medical. Yeah. So, I guess my point would be that, like, the background. women on your team are EMTs. And then yeah, you move up the us. level to paramedics. Mm-hmm. But just... once you hit that paramedic level, level it's only guys. On well, I team. mean, there there are some females, but, yeah. No, on your team. Oh, yeah, no. Yeah, yeah no, I'm talking about, like, specifically who we yeah, work with. Yeah, yeah, Because no. that's what we're going to be talking about is our day-to-day experiences. No, yeah, no, not so, like, at all. So, like, you go to work every day and you work with a bunch of dudes. Yes. A couple of women. Yes. But you're usually a bunch of dudes. Yes. And a bunch of dudes are your bosses. Mm-hmm. You answer Exactly, yes. Yeah. So, when, in my experience, pretty much same thing. When mm-hmm. I was, like, in college, all everyone I learned from, all my bosses, all the, you know, like, video and broadcast related organizations i was a part of mm-hmm. all led by dudes all led by men white men to be specific yeah, a, yeah white men straight white men to be straight even more specific men. um yeah all of them and then when i got my first job down in georgia it was our kind of team was a team of seven people and i was the only female i was the only girl it was me and a bunch of dudes um and then here my team is even smaller it's three person team but it's two dudes and me Mm -hmm. and then of course my students straight white men yep yep straight white men um so those are this yeah just to put it in perspective not a lot of women in broadcast that I've worked with like there are a ton of women in broadcast but just you know not in my experience and then the people who are in power now I get to say it's me Mm -hmm because technically I am the boss now. But But honestly,
0: how many... Who do
1: I answer to day to day?
0: How many women or, you know, those who are not straight white men, how many of those are, like, in your position, like, in the producer seat? Are a lot of those women... (laughs) They are? Okay. Well, I know that, like, all your sideline coordinators and stuff like that those are mainly women right or yeah
1: but when you look at a talent team you have your Uh play-by-play your color commentators and your sideline so so when you think about the like hierarchy if you were to look at it as a hierarchy your play-by-play and color analyst people are always men it's breaking out to be a little different now that's just the name of the game when really? you watch a sports you, uh-huh. you, you watch the Super Bowl who's commentating yeah you're right who's up in the booth the whole game mm-hmm. and then who do they toss to on the sideline a woman
0: yeah
1: right and it's changing now I've watched I watched a few baseball broadcasts last year like MLB broadcasts with mm-hmm. like Jessica Mendoza commentating and so like it's it's breaking the structure a little bit mm-hmm. but even within like the women, In broadcast, that you know are like the talent people behind Uh, the scenes. If you look at like producer, TD director, that kind of stuff, in my experience, the way I've learned and the teams that I've been a part of and the crews and stuff, it was always a man in that seat. Mm -hmm. It was always a man in that seat. So,
0: and you're the students that you're training. Most of them are men or women, a little
1: combination Uh, of the two. What um, have you
0: experienced?
1: Probably my students, the crew, there's more guys than girls, but Mm -hmm. um, definitely, yeah, definitely more guys than girls.
0: I guess ratio-wise from, I guess, people who are on the field, court, arena, etc., to those who are in, say, the control room, how does that differ is there more men in the control room handling things behind the scenes well, or those behind cameras? How does that work?
1: Um, our crew, uh, there's camera operators, there's our control room people, and then there's our talent people. Mm-hmm. So our sideline reporter um, was one of my female students. Um, our play-by-play and talent people for women's basketball, we had a woman color commentator, but a male play-by-play. Mm-hmm. Um, and then for all of our other sports, it's two two male commentators uh, play by play and a color analyst
0: okay so those who let's speak a little bit about those color commentators your sideline um and those in the control room for those who do not know you know about broadcasting or the names or the those people who you know make the broadcast happen can you tell a little bit um to our viewers about how that works and like what a sideline operator or Sideline person is commentator.
1: Um, Yeah, so the play-by-play person, when you're watching a game or listening to a game on the radio, whatever, your play-by-play person is the one that's like, and so and so passes the ball down the field, touchdown, blah blah. blah. So that's your play-by-play, telling you what they're saying. So your color commentators are providing the analysis. So there's kind of piggybacking onto your play-by-play. They're usually people that have played the sport before. They're just adding that extra knowledge to the game that you're watching. And then your sideline reporter, that's the person they toss to. He or she is usually standing on the court or on the field with
0: Mm -hmm. their mic.
1: They're interviewing the coach as they walk to the locker room at halftime. Mm -hmm. They're listening in on the huddles at halftime or just during timeouts and stuff. And they'll, like, tell you what they heard in the huddles. That's your sideline reporter. So why do
0: you think that most of your sideline reporters are female Mm. or straight white women, you know?
1: yeah, I mean, that's that's kind of the structure of of sports broadcasting and how it's how it's been. Um there are a lot of male sideline reporters too, and that's the way it was. It was all it was just a male talent team period. Okay. But as women started working their way, they worked their way into like the sideline position first.
0: okay, And they're
1: kind of breaking into the play by play color space now. Um, I don't even know if that's accurate, but just in my experience, mm-hmm. like now it's way more common to hear like, A woman doing color or a woman doing play-by-play, but it's still not a ton.
0: Okay, so another question for you. What made you want to be, say, a producer or be in um, the control room rather than working sideline?
1: Yeah, so I'm not a on-camera person. (laughs) That was never (laughs) my thing. I like to run the show behind the scenes, Um, so when I started doing sports broadcasting stuff at Kansas State, which is where I graduated from, um, I worked my way from the bottom my first job on once... Started
0: one st- from the bottom the yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: The first position I had on that crew was cable pulling for f- our football games. So that meant I was down on the field with a 500-foot cable, me and two other people, running up and down the field, making sure that cable didn't get tangled. Mm, like...
0: We did a lot of over-under, huh?
1: A lot of over-under. <laughs> that's, that's what I did. But I was like, mm-mm. I mean, it was fine. Everybody has to start, you know, start Sorry. there. But I was like, nah, let me do a little more with this. So eventually I got into the control room with some easier, quote, unquote, easier positions with shading and like, you know, Mm -hmm. running our video, like commercials and stuff. And And then I asked my boss, I was like, hey, can I learn replay? Like, I I don't even know if I asked, but I told him, I was like, I want to learn replay.
0: Okay.
1: literally the next game. I was training on Replay.
0: What a bad bitch. And and
1: you then to, were good at it? And then a few, not at first, okay. but then a few games later, I was running it by myself. I was the first girl at K-State uh-huh. for K-State Athletics to learn Replay. And That's great. I was the first great. ever girl on any crew ever of all time to learn Replay.
0: Not to mention, you were also a part of the first all-women
1: broadcast, yeah. right? Yeah, so after that, I was like, okay, Replay's amazing. I love it. Mm. I was pretty good at it. I don't know. I just took, took a liking to it. Um, but then I was like, okay, now let me learn how to direct. Now let me learn how to technical, direct, and mm-hmm. produce. And then eventually okay. I, I got to do all of those things. And then it came the next... This was my first year at K-State. The next year, my boss actually approached me. Like, it was something we had talked about before, but he approached me. And he was like, so... We were doing orientation with our new, like, crew members and training them and stuff. And he was like, so I think we have enough people to do an all-female broadcast. And I was like, yeah, I think you're right.
0: (laughs) This boss sounds
1: pretty cool. Yeah, he was awesome. Uh, Yeah, I say all of my bosses were men at K-State. They were amazing. Mm -hmm. I have nothing negative to say about them. They're my mentors, taught me everything I know. Yeah. So they were amazing to work with. But yeah, this boss was like, I think we can do an all-female broadcast. And I was like, you are right. We can do an Mm all-female broadcast. And we put it on the calendar.
0: That's amazing. And I got
1: to produce and direct what we think is the first ever all-female behind the camera and in front of the camera. ESPN broadcast. So, do you
0: think that for, I guess, K-State, you kind of paved the way for, you know, like you said that you were the first female to do, you know, replay. Did you kind of, did you train the next female? How did that go? Uh, I did end
1: up training the next girl that learned replay after me. I wouldn't say I paved the way for, I don't, I don't feel like it, you know, have that big of an impact on anything. I didn't pave the way, but... There were people before me who were doing, like, really cool things with yeah. K-State HDV, like, doing talent stuff as women mm. and, like, doing some neat things. But as far as, like, in the control room, I probably wasn't the first. I know I wasn't the first TD director in the control room. I wasn't. Okay. That's but, I, but I know that
0: a lot of females or those who aren't, you know, cis men are looking up to you in a way like, hey, you know, I'm a minority you know, I can do what Bree's doing. I can climb the ladder.
1: It's I hope not, that's true. I, I, I don't think that much of myself. I think you are. I but, know, but <laughs> I know
0: you, you know, for me, and I don't, I'm not even in your field, I look up a lot to you because of the things that you've done in your foot alone. It kind of gives a lot of people kind of looking in uh, a, a way of being like, you know what, like, I may not be in broadcasting, but if she can do it, I can do it.
1: Yeah, I don't know what came over me because I'm very much not a person to step up and be like, yo, let me do this. I'm taking up this space. Mm -hmm. I don't know what possessed me, but that's exactly what I did. I don't think
0: anything possessed you. I think that you just wanted it and you went for it and it was right.
1: I don't know. But
0: now you're you're great at it. Well, you've always been great at it, but.
1: No, I mean, I kind of, I definitely, it's not something I forget. I constantly tell my students, you know, Mm -hmm. guys or girls. Every day, I'm like, if there's something you want to learn, you have to tell me. Take up take up that space and tell me you want to learn it. You want to sit here and produce and mm-hmm. sit in my chair? All you have to do is ask. I will train anyone. So that's true of anyone. All anyone ever has to do is ask. And I know that's not necessarily true. That's true with me, but not in a lot. Of, I, a yeah. lot of people don't work in these, like, safe, mm-hmm. willing to teach you, willing to give you a chance places so I will say like I got lucky with that yeah but at the end of the day that I want to like create that same environment for the students I'm teaching now yeah
0: yeah of course yeah I I agree completely um I uh a friend of mine actually um that I ride with um one of my partners um he was asking about you um (laughs) about like what you did and everything you know we were just talking about our SOs and he was like, well, you know, what does she do? Um, and he was thinking that you were like a camera operator, you know, obviously what you think of when you think of broadcast. And I was like, you know, she produces, she directs, you know, she's in the control room and she does, you know, she handles replay and all these things that you would see the commercials and everything. And just kind of tell him a little bit about it. Cause obviously I don't know how to fully describe it um I've been in the the control room um a couple times but I was just telling him about that and he was like oh wow he was like she's cooler than I you know I already already thought she was cool but that's cooler (laughs) than I even thought before and um it was just really nice to like for him to he is a straight white man for him to say those things. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, every time I talk about you, I'm very proud of who you are and mm-hmm. what you've become. Or what you've done and the woman you've become and everything. And it's, um, yeah. So.
1: Stop. We better knock it off. We've talked way too much about broadcast. Yeah. I think we should talk about EMS now.
0: Well, um,
1: <laughs> EMS is, is a crazy. You've worked your way. Uh, into a position of kind of top dog. If, uh,
0: I mean sort of I, I guess um I'm a person Brie talks about how she's not someone to like you know go through and um like I guess kind of assert herself in a way um but I I kind of am I'm kind of the opposite <laughs> um if Which there's something yes I sometimes it gets me into trouble but I, not obviously in a negative or a, um,
1: tell me what you're going to say and I can help you with the word.
0: (laughs) Um, in like a, what do you, ill-mannered? Yeah, I guess, but like, what is another word for ill-mannered?
1: I don't know. Tell me what you're going to say and I'll help you with the word. (laughs) Not in like a, basically just like, not to be rude, but yeah, yeah. Not in a rude
0: way. There we go. That's perfect word. Not in a rude way. But um, I kind of just go in and I ask my peers or those who are you know have more knowledge than me, the paramedics or the events or whoever, because I'm obviously like I said this past year I've worked for so many different agencies or I guess companies. So um, I've talked with a lot of different people. Some people act like they know a lot, but they really don't. Some mm-hmm. people know a lot and they don't want to teach you. Some people do know a lot. And they are, like, more than willing to teach. So sometimes you just have to find those people and know who to ask. And sometimes you're going to have rejection. Sometimes you're going to have people tell you a little bit of false information or, you know, negative things, but you just kind of, like, push past it. Um, I really enjoy learning, and I am new to my field of only. A lot of people um, you are going to meet in EMS, especially the older people, have been doing this for years and years and years. They start, you know, in – when they're 18, right out of high school, or, you know, while, you know, most people would be going to college, you know, your college years, they would be, you know, getting their EMS license, whatever, and going that route. Obviously, it's still college. It's still, you know, having a certificate or some, for some people, even a degree, but um, people have been doing this forever. So it's kind of intimidating in that way, but at the same time, you just kind of have to, it's very humbling. And I'm perfectly okay with working with those people. But you That's put yourself much... in a
1: position to learn, and people have picked up on that. Like Yes. Yeah. Like, your superiors have been picked up on that, and you've been kind of, like, given some opportunities yeah, and I, because of it.
0: Yeah, of course. And I do have a very open mind. So I may have well, a lot of people that I work with have very different views on the world than I do. But I'm kind of... Uh, my bosses have said to me like it's really refreshing having you working here with us like you come in and it kind of just brings a lot of positivity to the station and that makes me feel really good Mm -hmm. because like I'm not really like trying to do that but I know that like for me I like to come into work and you know spread positivity Mm -hmm. because it helps me and then just to know that it's helping other people is really cool.
1: Mm -hmm. Um, It's probably people are used to like you know, like, negativity, mm-hmm. maybe some arrogance here and there, maybe some of that, and they're not used to, like, um, someone kind of coming in and asserting themselves as someone positive.
0: Yeah, yeah. A lot of
1: people will come in and assert themselves. Mm-hmm. might not be in a good way, but they're probably not used to someone coming in and being, like, actually eager to do a job. Yeah. And probably get a lot of people that are, like, Ugh.
0: People are sometimes intimidated, which I, you know, have to watch my back because people do get a little bit jealous of you know like people who are confident and come into spaces and kind of yeah, take up that space yeah take up the I space. i mean that's the
1: whole point of this episode though is is talking about how us as me a woman you a non-binary person have come in and learned to take up space in our fields yeah and like and to be so way
0: unapologetic up. about
1: unapologetic it. Yep. because like
0: Growing up especially in like say the small towns that we did where gender norms were so kind of enforced and kind of handed down in a way Mm -hmm. like generational and I know specifically our generation Gen Z and a lot of millennials were starting to defy that those gender norms. Um, long story short, I think that a lot of things are changing and'm we're very grateful for that. So yeah. if you we're are, hoping
1: that eventually like this podcast episode specifically becomes irrelevant. Like we're gonna get to a point in society yeah. where it's not against the norm for a woman to like stand up and demand a raise, for a woman to be the CEO of yes. all of these
0: yes. massive
1: companies yes. for and we're seeing it. We're not like we're not discounting that that isn't happening now because mm-hmm. it is, but it's still you look at the numbers. You look at the time. Mm -hmm. The way we grew up, it wasn't like that. And we're not old. We're literally early 20s. So it's not that old that these changes are being made. It's all very recent and new.
0: And if you are a woman or someone who identifies as such or someone that, you know, is against the stereotype, like, take up space. You deserve it. We are just as, you know, worthy of that space as anyone else is. So take it up, like. Don't like be confident in that, and if people are going to sit there and judge you for it or make you feel uncomfortable because they are uncomfortable by you taking up that space, excuse my language, but fuck them. <laughs> fuck like you know, that's your career. That's you should never feel uncomfortable in a workplace, and if you do, people make you feel uncomfortable just by being yourself.
1: Then you're doing something right. Yeah,
0: but at you're the doing same something time, right, and you need.
1: Workplace needs to change. Yes, of course. (laughs) But that's what this episode is about. But you talked about just a few seconds ago things being passed down like generationally. Yeah. And so specifically we want to talk about the toxic masculinity in our fields. Yes, for sure. So, I mean, first of all, what is toxic masculinity? What is it to you? What's your personal definition? So
0: for toxic masculinity, I want to start by saying that toxic masculinity is not just with those Mm -hmm. who identify as male. Um, It's also in the lesbian community. I know for for a fact it's in the lesbian community. Um, A lot of that can also be um, in the trans community as well. Toxic masculinity is basically um, actions or words that are kind of
1: bro culture, I guess. Um, Well, I mean... It looks different in everyone but like a generic de- definition to me would be toxic masculinity is anything that kind of puts being quote-unquote masculine
0: mm-hmm. into a
1: box yeah so like toxic masculinity would be saying that it's wimpy or girly or weak for a man to cry yes. or a masculine person to cry mm-hmm. so like adopting toxic masculinity means you're adopting those kind of like negative associations and gender norms like masculinity yes so like you can't wear pink or you're not masculine Mm -hmm. you can't cry or you're not masculine if you don't like you know in like the Degrade women you're not masculine yeah yeah emotional you're not masculine you know and
0: those things of like pushing that upon those who are masculine or pushing gender norms on them mm-hmm. like say your girlfriend mm-hmm. or your boyfriend or whatever like pushing cuz you say a um a man who is against gender norms is dating a woman who is for gender norms her pushing that on her man or whatever mm-hmm. saying like you have to be the breadwinner i feel like that's to- toxic masculinity as yeah. well
1: yeah. is that what yeah. that be yeah it's basically if you hold a clipboard and yes. on that clipboard you have qualities or actions that can be deemed as weak or feminine. Mm-hmm. And if you like look at a man or a masculine presenting person mm-hmm. and you see that they have one of these qualities on the icky little feminine mm-hmm. clipboard, then they're not masculine anymore. Basically, if you don't fit in this box, then yeah. your masculinity gets taken away. Mm-hmm. And so this gets perpetuated everywhere everyday life at the grocery store Mm -hmm. going to school at home and in the workplace
0: i think toxic masculinity comes from a lot of people who are um insecure insecure (laughs) yes the word i'm telling you guys my brain isn't working today i'm a little tired toxic masculinity is spawned from being insecure like those who are you know have a lot of insecurities will
1: turn or maybe it's vice versa Maybe it's think. toxic. The culture of toxic masculinity uh-huh. breeds insecurity. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I yeah. think it's vice versa because if yeah, there I think wasn't a culture way. of toxic masculinity, then there certain men, be a lot of... there wouldn't be such a thing as, like, you know, the machoism. The yeah. um, certain men wouldn't care if they cried. Mm-hmm. It's like the culture of, yeah, like you said, it goes vice versa both ways.
0: I think that with anything, I think you're safe to just not put anyone in a box because, you know, we're not made to be put no. into boxes. We're all different, and human you can nature. be very <laughs> fluid with your style or whatever whatever you identify as.
1: Nothing about human nature is binary, and that yeah. includes masculinity and femininity. Yeah. It's a spectrum. Of course. Um, but how how have you seen toxic masculinity in the EMS?
0: Um... I I guess it kind of goes with bro culture in the EMS field. Like, um, so before I identify as as non-binary, I I was identified as a cis woman, but um, I was lesbian. And I was masculine. um, Well, I still am masculine. I have always been masculine presenting. So, you know, that honestly is kind of like breeds a lot of men If they are, you know, quote unquote down with it, down with the whatever, they will kind of take a liking to you because you, quote unquote, like the same thing. And um, a lot of times, you know, they will feel comfortable because you're just one of the guys and they'll say things and all that, thinking that it's kind of like okay Mm -hmm. to say those things about other people or about women um, because in a way that is toxic masculinity just by, you know, kind of degrading women or putting women in boxes or Mm -hmm. categorizing them or critiquing them on their looks or, you know, she's got an attitude so she's a bitch or, you know, things like that, kind of feeding into that. And I won't lie to you, right now um, I will tell you, and I guess this is kind of like confession corner, when I was, I guess, quote-unquote, a baby gay, (laughs) I, um, I did feed into these things. I let them happen around me because I was, I was insecure, and I wasn't comfortable with who I was, and I was scared to speak up, you know what I mean? I was scared to speak up because I was finally, quote-unquote, accepted when I had never been accepted before, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So, for a while, I fed into that, and, just by gaining my confidence I was able to you know say I always thought that it was wrong obviously but at some point you just you realize that you aren't comfortable with trying to keep the comfortableness with your peers mm-hmm. who are guys and um I guess for me that's my experience with toxic masculinity in my field and um also the same with the military and Um, you know the gym or whatever you know what I mean if you have male best friends I used to have you know a lot of male best friends and it was the same that way and I think um, I think if you are in my position um, just call out these people you know and if they care about you they'll they'll have the open mind to listen to your concerns and um, speak up when you feel uncomfortable I'm telling you it it um it goes a long way I speak easier said than done though yeah <laughs> of
1: course yeah. <laughs> yeah of course there are people and, who are nowhere near where we've gotten to be with ourselves yeah and comfortable of course. or they don't work somewhere even kind of mm-hmm. safe to be able to you know say something as I much as it. they'd want to but and it's,
0: sometimes it's easier to just leave a company and work for somewhere else mm-hmm. than it is to speak up
1: that, like I yeah. understand
0: that and that's
1: Sucks. At the same time, we don't want this episode to come across. This isn't a calling out, a call to action for us. Oh yeah. Like you know, on the oppressed side. No. This isn't a call to action. Speak up. Stand up for yourself. This is a calling out the oppressive side. Yes, like this of is a the shit in the workplace needs to stop. It's yes, it's kind of like being like use. Uh, Metal straws, save the turtles, mm-hmm. blaming the individual when mm-hmm. it's really, like, these massive corporations yes. that yes. are responsible. It's kind they of the same to. thing. Yes, it's, like, blame, sure. the sing- blame this woman who's trying to make her way in this world for not standing up her- for herself yes, when it's yeah. really the world against her if I that agree makes sense. yes completely yeah. um
0: I'm just speaking from experience on what you know toxic masculinity has meant to me
1: yeah in my field and even me though sometimes depending where I'm at it's not necessarily at work I don't feel this way but just in real life if I'm somewhere where I'm comfortable and I'm like unsafe and people are saying shitty things oh yeah I'm not gonna say anything I, I agree <laughs> I mean
0: as um growing up as a as a woman it's kind of ingrained in our brains that like we have to be you know not say anything or you know cover up ourselves or not go out at night and stuff like that and it kind of is the same sort of way if you're uncomfortable don't speak up because you're unsafe mm-hmm. so like I, I completely understand that so
1: what, what does um
0: yeah. toxic masculinity mean to you and your field
1: brief <laughs> oh <well. laughs> no we I mean we we experience the same things same same shit different you know, workplace, like just being specifically doing what I do now. If I can think back, um, I think about this a lot still. And actually like when we were at K state, it reminded me cause I saw the person who had, who did this, uh-huh. um, just a couple months ago. But, there's a, a time I was directing producing at K-State, and the director-producer runs the show, you know? Yeah. They're, they run the show. For sure. They tell everyone what to do. They're getting the show on air, etc. So there's this dude that I worked with. He was... I was a student. He was also a student, but he and Like, he just could not take orders yeah. from me whatsoever. Like, he just refused to... He was a dick. He was a total dick. And it was because I was a girl. Like, 100%, he
0: he would not listen to me because I was a girl. Yeah,
1: he would not listen to me. So, I've experienced a lot of that. And then, um, at another job, like, there's a lot of, like, gatekeeping of knowledge. Yes. Like, men will be very, just kind of being like, uh, no, this is my job. You don't need to know how to do it. Back off. Like, kind of thing. There will be, like, a lot of that going on. Mm-hmm. Um, also, when you get to, like, telling people, I, li- I, I work in a creative industry. Yeah. And so if you ever tell a man or a boy or a dude or whatever he is that he has a, one of his ideas sucks, he'll get, like, so pissed. He'll
0: yeah. just get so uh-huh. mad.
1: They'll go, take- a lot of,
0: a lot of men will go over your head yeah, because you'll mm-hmm. be in a position of power, of, you know, above them,
1: and you say no, and you're in and that position find... for a reason, mm-hmm.
0: and they'll go over your head. I, I experience a lot of that um, being in the military. It, yeah. It's very hard being like a, you know, in the posi- position of power in the military as a woman or someone who is, you know, I guess female presenting. Um, I identify as non-binary, but you know, there are a lot of people who still think that there are. Mm-hmm. male, female, mm-hmm. so in, you know, their heads, like, it's hard to, like, take, what well, especially when I'm, when I'm younger than these people, um, than these men, and, um, it, it's really hard for some people to take orders
1: yeah. from women. it's like, they cannot fathom yeah. it. Yeah, So I've experienced that on, like, at multiple jobs that I've been in, um, yeah, I've had, I've had men and, like, bosses of mine take credit for my work. Yeah. And different things like that, um. Yeah, so just and a when, mess of stuff. And
0: <laughs> a lot of, I've seen a lot of this happen too when those people won't, like, take, I guess, orders or whatever from you. So they'll go over your head. Those people that they do go over their head, they're, they are kind of just do whatever they want to, like, pacify them. Yeah, yep. They don't give like, them whatever. repercussions. They don't, <laughs> you know, it'll be something that will pacify the situation.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And it's almost as if, like, Enable them yep, to do does. more. You know, it to
1: continue them. doing it. It just perpetuates the the, that they don't have to listen to yeah, you. It just yeah. supports that ideal. But like to your, what you were saying about bro culture, I've had a ton of that. Like at my mm-hmm. last workplace, you met some of them. There was like that one, one co-worker I had in particular that I could not stand. Um, and yeah. you did not like them either. Mm-hmm. He would say disgusting things. Yeah. To me, and just thought it was chill, because yeah. I don't know if it was because I was gay, or if just because, like, he thought he was funny,
0: mm-hmm.
1: but that, then there was another time we were actually broadcasting a game, and, um, one of my co-workers said something about, like, we were shooting stuff pre-game, so, mm-hmm. like, our cameras were shooting warm-ups and stuff like that, and it was, like, a women's soccer game, And one of my coworkers said something, like, really inappropriate to me about one of, like, the players kind of being, like, Avery? Like, huh? And I was, like, are Uh, you fucking kidding me? (laughs) Like, I was, like, don't talk to me like that. I don't know who you think I am, but I'm not that. And I think there's
0: one time that um, that specific person, um, I came in to visit you, and he commented on my appearance in front of you, mm-hmm. and you told me about it, and I was like, are you kidding me? Yeah, yeah. Like, he's, he is he's really gross. has the, he just thinks that he can just say anything he wants.
1: Yeah, no, he was a repulsive human being, <laughs> but that, definitely a lot of that, and that, that just happens, like, everywhere in life, that I've worked with, like, men, it's, it's everywhere, mm-hmm. and it's, as long as you, if you are, resemble any kind of broness, they feel this, comfort comfortability with you like they yeah. can say anything around you and it's fine because you agree i'm like mm
0: because you quote mm-hmm. unquote like the same thing Yeah. no. it's mm-hmm. like uh, men when you're you know quote unquote like the same thing which is terrible um they want to they look at you they're they start looking at you as like one of the dudes yeah and, and they like think I we s- can bond over degrading yeah. people. <laughs> yeah.
1: Like, I don't know. And it's it's uh, beyond me.
0: Yeah. Well, um, that's it for broke culture and toxic masculinity. Well, let's talk about stereotypes and um, mm-hmm. sexual harassment, those things. Yes. Yeah. Let's, let's talk about that. So, in your field specifically, Bree, with stereotyping, um, I guess we can even, you know, can join our um, field together, um, but... What's stereotyping, what have you experienced?
1: So, like, to me, what, I, what comes to mind specifically about stereotypes and especially my position slash place of work is I think of how a woman being authoritative in the workplace or in a position of power in the workplace means she's being a bitch. Like, most people take that, like, seriously. Like, you know, authoritative is seen negatively. But if it's a man being authoritative in his position of power... He's just getting shit done. Yeah. So it's definitely it's almost like
0: lost in translation. It's
1: yeah. It's um. There's definitely a different expectation for men and women in the workplace and how they need to get things done from and people. And how they
0: carry themselves, etc.
1: It's like a double yeah. standard.
0: Yeah. It's I a double agree. standard,
1: and there's a lot of that, and so
0: that kind of goes hand in hand with like disagreeing with your peers as well, or your students, or you know the people you work with. It's like if you disagree you're being problematic but if you are disagreeing with you know a a man and a man are disagreeing or even it if it's an older man and a younger man or whoever Mm -hmm. it may be two men then then that's just they're comparing ideas Mm -hmm. or um you know shooting the shit it's it's hard because when it's almost comes off in like a condescending way when a man is talking to you with 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 stereotyping at least it's condescending when a man is talking to you about you know what he thinks is right and then what you know you think is right it's it could be completely wrong but because you said it instead of your you know friend to your right who is a guy said it Mm -hmm. it may not get done but if you know your guy billy joe over there Mm -hmm. um Says whoever like, yeah Great idea John Doe to your right he's like, oh yeah yeah you're right good job thanks nice catch mm-hmm. yeah I know just for like personally knowing um times where you have caught things of p- people in power and you bring it to their attention and they just kind of brush it off mm-hmm. like it was nothing and um you know there are I don't want to say say here and say that um all men in the workplace are like that because obviously you said you have great mm-hmm. you know coworkers at K State and I have um some some pretty great bosses too that I f- feel comfortable to you know talk to them about things as well and um, but sometimes it's just it's hard mm-hmm. it's not like that everywhere.
1: And then there's you also have like the stereotype. Um for us it's a little different, obviously, mm. because we like women. Yeah. But a lot of women in the workplace but if, if we they were befriend str- yeah. Yeah, if they were to like befriend a male coworker or Oh yeah, they're sleeping together. Or get along well with the mm-hmm. boss yeah. then it's always there's some kind of innuendo, like the stereotype that if a yeah. woman gets along with the guys in the workplace, then she's you know what I mean? I um Before people, you know, I
0: was, like, super out with my sexuality because, you know, I don't owe anyone that. But before, I used to work in retail, and I would have a lot of male friends because I just got along with men a little better, you know. And um, also, um, a lot of men would, you know, come up and talk to you and stuff like that. Females um, are kind of less likely in... Um, where I was working to do that, there were a lot more men on the floor than there were women, so it was crazy, Um, I'd always kind of have a lot of uh, male friends, and I would, you would hear through the grapevine, or someone would even directly ask you to your face, are you sleeping with so-and-so, and Mm -hmm. And I'm like, no, No. (laughs) I'm gay, or no, we're friends, and people would just not believe you Mm -hmm. at all, especially if that, if that guy was, you know, had dated other female co-workers or dated people at that same place or where it was known to date people that what they worked with um it's uh it's crazy stereotypes suck mm-hmm. honestly and if you are asking for a raise it's like um no it's like okay well um I guess you're just greedy and you don't you know, you, you don't deserve this or whatever. If you were to ask that, it's so hard. But if a guy was to ask that, it's almost like... It's almost, like, implied. You yeah. know what I well, mean? Yeah. If, if that a makes If a woman wants to raise
1: or if a woman wants to be compensated for the things she's doing, she's greedy. But if a man does it, he's a go-getter. He mm-hmm. knows his worth. He's demanding what he's earned kind of thing. Yeah. It's definitely a dual perspective. He's not, like, quote-unquote, a, quote a pushover. Yeah. Yep.
0: And it's it's hard... It, sometimes you can't just always sit and do more and wait for you know for people to reward you for it you know what I mean mm-hmm. it's not always like that sometimes when you do more and you're not asking for more it's almost as if you become a pushover mm-hmm. and you become this person that people can get away with yep. running over you yep so it's kind of hard to yeah exactly and it's kind of hard to I guess steady in the middle of those like how are you supposed to kind of where are you supposed to draw a line Mm -hmm.
1: and yeah it turned me into like a yes man I let people walk all over me I never said no to anybody Mm -hmm. I was working 60 65 hour weeks every week Mm -hmm. did not get any extra money for it and that's because I was sit there you know I was in a place where i basically just had to take it. Yeah. Like and you were making take it less. Take or leave and leave was an option. You were doing
0: 3 or 4 times as much as your coworkers were and you were making less than some of them were. Mhm. And it it just it blows my mind. And not to mention, you know, there are a lot of people in the workplace that say, "So you're making more than a guy is making." He automatically assumes that Even if you're in a position of a higher power, that he's making the same money as you. Yeah. (laughs) That one's my favorite. Yeah, that's so crazy. People think I
1: just kind of you just like let them them think that. Yeah, I'm (laughs) like people think they make the same. Like we all make the same amount. There's no kind of, and I'm like, (laughs) jokes on them.
0: Like at that point, there's no even no need to say anything. Oh yeah, no.
1: I just get some satisfaction. Yeah. (laughs) Like, but um, I mean, there's the obvious. Like, how do how do men how do we actually not just men but everyone not perpetuate these stereotypes it's easy like I said to sit here like we were doing earlier and like hold us accountable be like stand up women do your thing of course but that's not the answer the answer is you know workplace um Mm -hmm. like behavior in the workplace Needs to seriously be revisited. It's not just men that perpetu- perpetuate these stereotypes. Women it's do it, women too. Do, yeah. So, if, like, you know, you're a woman in the workplace and so you see a woman standing up for herself, you know, support hop on her. that train. Yeah, don't support her. Don't talk shat behind her back. Mm-hmm. You know, there are women there that'll sit there and be like, God, Cindy mm-hmm. was being so annoying in that meeting. She mm-hmm. was just saying all of her ideas and it was driving me nuts. Don't be that person. Like, we you know gotta support each other (laughs)
0: whether you agree with you know the women who are trying to do better for themselves or not just support that you know them trying to do their best you know what i mean support them standing up for themselves Mm -hmm. because you may be in that same situation too don't exclude yourself from anything yeah so
1: yeah. And then last, and probably most importantly, something we should address is... That happens like, as, everywhere. Yeah, as women and non-binary people in the workplace, is sexual harassment and sexual assault. Yes. <laughs> so, like, you know, on the broad scopes, what does that kind of look like for people like that you've seen? Um, well... Or your experience.
0: Through, you know, the military and ems um it doesn't obviously get talked about as much i mean it's it's coming more to light now in the military but it doesn't really get talked about much about in ems um specifically like a lot of people talk about how people hook up and everything but they don't talk about how whether you know you having a male partner or a female partner that comes on to you like people don't really talk about that much and it's it's uh it happens a lot um in in both fields I've experienced and not even only that but I've worked in retail before and um fast food places a couple times and it happens a lot it really Mm -hmm. does especially with with those in power whether they're female or male um and I experienced that in college as well and even in high school it's um any type of workplace environment um any anywhere where there's like a power dynamic there it happens and it starts with you know small things and people get away with smaller things and it leads to bigger things and um honestly I just have learned to like pick up on the smaller things and kind of cut it off at its at its core um before it kind of gets um it escalates i guess but um specifically with the military um I personally know two or three women who have gotten out because of sexual assault and it was just covered up. You know these people are demoted or whatever but there there's not really anything done. Like um we have briefs and classes and stuff on talking about sexual harassment and assault and how to you know help those people and look for it and how to you know talk to those who are being or who to talk to if you are being sexually harassed or um, have been sexually assaulted but you know at that point past the sexual assault like it's too late you know what I mean like it's never too late obviously to report but it is hard to like after it happens. It's like, you know what I mean. Like the trauma's already there, mm-hmm. um, but it doesn't matter if you're working in a male-dominated field like we are or not. It still it still happens. So um, yeah, um, I've experienced it a lot. I've seen a lot of it, and um, have a few um, experiences myself. If I'm being completely honest, um, I'll be honest and raw here. I have experienced. A um, uh, lot of sexual harassment and um, some sexual assault. So, um, yeah, what about you, Brie?
1: Yeah, I mean, we even touched on it earlier. Things as teeny tiny as a comment that, mm-hmm. you know, it's difficult to recognize when you grow up in yeah. a culture and, like, depending on where you grew up, right? You grew up in a culture where the little things mm-hmm. you're if you get upset at them you can't take a joke
0: yeah
1: you grow up and you learn or at least in my perspective I grew up and I learned those little comments are not like a joke mm-hmm. and something as small as a three-word comment at you or like things that my coworker in the past has said about me to me about you etc that's all sexual harassment.
0: Yes, you know it is. Whether it's, it's about you or about someone else, it's it's still sexual harassment. If it's making you uncomfortable, it's sexual harassment.
1: Yep. Yeah. Um, so uh, the 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 things that people will say to me, like just because they think I'm ch- yeah. a chill person, yeah. <laughs> and yeah, I don't like conflict. You know, fairly uh-huh. chill, but I'm just like it. It almost invites people yes. to say these things to me about me or you know about me but mm-hmm. they think they're out of my earshot yeah. but they like want me to hear it. you know what I mm-hmm. think you know yeah so that's like a
0: indirectly lot talking to you
1: yeah like indirectly talking or talking about me and I can hear them that happened a lot has happened a lot so I'm just like mm, yeah so it's just it doesn't have to be big you know, mm-hmm. it's these tiny little things, like you said, that kind of bubble up and lean. And like you said, you've learned how to cut those things off at the source mm-hmm. when they're small. A lot of people, you know, haven't learned how to recognize those things yeah. or don't want to be seen as like the uptight yeah. person who can't take a joke when that's not what it is.
0: Sometimes, you know? um, yeah, sometimes it, it's hard to to see those things. Like sometimes you could be in a perfectly, quote unquote, comfortable workplace and things can just happen out of the blue sometimes um you think you're safe with people who are married or in relationships and it still happens Mm -hmm. and it's crazy um it really catches you off guard but um
1: yeah but I did find some like like we said um in our last episode we're not gonna do like you know speak about a ton of things and research in depth and like do a lot of that stuff before but i did want to get some numbers about this just to like show how yeah, to put much of a glaring issue it is and that it's very extremely common um and these are from all different sources and i can cite them in our episode description yeah. so remind me to do that i'm not just pulling these out of my butt but okay so 38 of all women said that they've experienced sexual harassment at work right mm-hmm. so think of every single person in the united every single woman in the united states that has a job a little less than half of them. Yes. Almost half of all women working. Okay. And that's, those are only the reported ones.
0: Yeah. That's only the ones reported. Right. Yeah. Think about that. Think
1: about that. Nearly one in three working women, according to this survey, under the age of 35 has experienced sexual harassment at work at least once. So that's one third. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see. One in 17 sexual harassment charges reported to the EEOC alleged racial discrimination as well. So, that's something we can't speak to as me, a white woman, and Katie, just a, wa- a white person. We can't, that's just a yeah, whole other intersectionality yeah. that we haven't even begun to touch on is the sexual harassment that comes at a higher rate to women of color and other mm-hmm. people of color as well. And then, last, 68% of LGBT people reported being victims of harassment in the workplace. Mm-hmm. And these statistics go on and on, and I'm not going to read them all, but. Yeah, it's crazy. It's uh it's not a one woman issue. Yeah. By any means. And it's not oh men are terrible, but it's a lot. Yeah, you know?
0: It happens and uh it's it's uh, crazy what people you know think that they can get away with. And we're not even just talking about women here mm-hmm. like being harassed. This is this yep. is men and yep. and those who don't identify with a gender binary, you know, all people like i've been harassed by women before and i know men who have been harassed by women before and you know men can also harass other men that's another thing about toxic masculinity that we Mm -hmm. didn't touch on is that a lot there are a lot of men who feel uncomfortable with that but if they say something Mm -hmm. it's almost pushed down their throat as well so it happens you know obviously the, these statistics are less for men but it happens a lot and even more for you know the lgbt the queer community and
1: um yeah, yeah. either way um i think the eye needs to be turned you know it happens at all levels in yeah. the workplace but eyes need to be turned to the People who are in positions of power. Yes. Right? Yes. So, if you all haven't seen the show on, what is it, Apple TV, it's called The Morning Show. Yeah. And it's about sexual harassment um, it's hard at to a watch TV it sometimes. news station. Yeah, we had to stop watching it for a second because it stresses out. But yeah. Um, but that's, that's really like the an journalism amazing, field. That's yes. what you
0: experience, right? Yeah. I mean, not on the news side, but on the sports broadcasting side.
1: Yep. It's it's an amazing example of this whole um, men taking advantage of being in positions of power and the things that don't get punished or even acknowledged. And the things or that get whatever. swept under the rug or yeah. the things that, you know what I mean? Just because these men are in positions of power. So, I mean, that's kind of what we need to turn the eye and to. And women. And women, and women as well, being there was able a, to just a ignore it in that
0: show. Yep.
1: Yeah. yeah so that show is a really good example. I just want to plug that because it was a really good show. But that's what we're talking about here. Ignoring is, is enabling. Yep. Ignoring is enabling. Um, it's one thing, you know, harassment at the level of coworkers between you know that are on the same level of employment yep. is a huge issue, right? Mm-hmm. But then, like, how much bigger of it is an issue for these people in positions of power to be using their power yeah. and their money and their title to get away with these things that don't get punished? Um, yeah, you see that everywhere.
0: It's it's definitely crazy.
1: And, and things as small, again, like these little comments. Yeah. Like, little comments that are extremely inappropriate for someone to say, but you can't, who do you report that to? Yeah. That's the boss.
0: We wish you guys luck, and if you guys need someone to talk to, like, write in to us, and, um, we're here for you. But thank you guys for listening, and, um, we're gonna go ahead and plug our ats, um, but before that, I think we should maybe do a little conclusion about call to action.
1: Yeah, at the end of the do day, like do that? um, if you're a man out there, and you have a job... Yeah, And you work with women and other non-cis identifying men. Don't be a dickhead. That's my call to action.
0: And, And if you are someone who, you know, encourages change or wants that to, you know, wants there to be a change, be someone that another, you know, man can look up to or even another woman in your field. You know, be... You know, be the change. I guess you could say. Um, people always need a safe space, so kind of try your best to um, provide that safe space for people.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, don't if you're not a you know a man in the workplace or you're not in a position of power. You know, just don't do your part in not perpetuating a yeah. system that harms people. You know,
0: because you never know. Doesn't matter if you're. Anywhere from um, a minority to a straight white man, these things may happen to you in the future. No one is ever, like, excluded from these things. So, um, yeah, and women, um, women help other women. Don't perpetuate a system that allows these men to to do those things. Um, So, yeah. Write in if you guys would like to. We'd love to hear from you. Um, we check our email. Um, often, we'll breed us. And um, we'll respond together and all that good stuff. So, um, I guess, lastly, we'll go ahead and plug our ats. Um, and then we'll close out.
1: Yeah, you can email us at podcast at gmail.com.
0: Or you can write in to us at, at podcastviews on Instagram and um, I'm going to go in and plug my personal TikTok at
1: nblui, that's E-N-B-Y dot L-E-W-I. You can follow me on my personal Instagram at B-W-H-O-Z-K-C-3-5. Or you can follow me on Twitter at Brianna Womack1. Um, I think that's it.
0: And I also have a blog and it's called Exploring Ardor. That's E-X-P-L-O-R-I-N-G-A-R-D-O-R. And that is on Google Google Blogs. But yeah, go check me out. I have an
1: Etsy shop. I'll link it below.
0: (laughs) Alright guys, that's it for today. See you later.
1: Bye.